Welcome back to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Today, we are talking about a very important topic to the pet care industry. Whether you've been in the industry for a day, a year, 10 years, 30 years, taking care of yourself is one of the most important things that you can do so that you continue to serve your clients well and run a business that you want to run. And so we're really excited to talk about this today in a roundtable setting with three other business owners. We have with us Michelle Klein, Doug Keeling, and Dan Reitman to talk about their experiences with this and some lessons that they've learned. So I'd love for all of you to introduce yourselves to our listeners. You've all been on the the podcast previously, and I'll have links to your episodes in the show notes so people can go back and listen to those. But for our new listeners or longtime listeners who have been busy since then, uh, could you just please tell us a little bit about who you are and, and all that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Michelle Klein. Thanks again, Colin, for having me back on the podcast. Um, I am a pet service business owner. My business is Venture Dog Walking. We are daily dog walking only, and we've been in business for about six years. Um, so I've been in the pet care industry for a while and then have recently moved um, also into the coaching and consulting space to help daily dog walking specific companies grow and scale. Yeah. What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for having me, Colin. Um, Always love talking to you. And it's so cool to uh, finally talk to you, Michelle. I followed you online for forever now, it feels like. So it's cool to finally see you. And, you know, Dan's one of my idols. So always cool to talk to you, too. Um, I uh, own Bad to the Bone Pet Care in Jacksonville, Florida, is our main service area. And we also service Central Florida, offering uh, dog walking, pet sitting, and pet transportation. Been in business for nine years, and I have a team of 30 employees, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. I'm excited to be here. Again, Colin, thank you as always for having me on. This is always fun. Love speaking with fellow pet pros like Doug and Michelle. I am Dan Reitman. I am the CEO and founder of Dan's Pet Care. Um, We are a full-service pet care company here in Long Island. We service Long Island, Brooklyn, and Queens. And we currently offer a whole suite of pet care services. And we are now rolling out our first brick and mortar facility doing cage-free boarding, doggy daycare, and grooming. And uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about how terrible I am at work-life balance and uh, self-care. <laughs> it is. It is you know, people listening to this, you know, we, we're all extremely busy. I think that's one common denominator in running a business is that you're never not busy. There's always something to do. And so for, for you all, when you think of self-care, I know that's a that's a big word and, and people interpret that differently. So for you, what is what does self-care mean and it, for for you and in your life? Um at least for me for a long long time, I viewed self-care as a weakness. I looked at it as these people need to take time off work, they're not committed, they're not working hard enough, you know, just push through, push 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 push. It doesn't work. Now, am I the perfect picture of self-care? No. My first seven or eight years in business, I worked myself to the bone. I did not take time off. I did not. I missed friends and family events. I missed everything. And it had a huge impact on me. I had a pretty big, pretty bad stimulant um, addiction for a long time that I got off of about five years ago. And that kind of heavily contributed to that obsessive nature. But I think that um, a lot of people, when they're building their business, they don't take themselves into account. And for me, it took a very long time to get there. My 
wife um, forced a lot of self-care into my life. But I found that when you do implement whatever works for you, because there's, there's going to be people who, you know, you need to work a 30 hour week, you got to work a 60 hour week. You got to find the thing that works best for you and make sure you do it with discipline. Because if you don't give yourself the things you need, you're not going to be operating at your best capacity. And that's the biggest takeaway that I've taken. I've learned from this is if you're not staying on top of the things you need to do to make sure your brain is functioning well and you function well physically, like if you slack off working out or you're not eating clean or you're not getting the sleep that you need. Yeah. In spurts, it's great. Like sometimes, you know, as everybody knows, running a business, it takes a lot out of you and it's going to be, there's going to be time. I'm actually coming off of my first day off after 67 days straight. Um, so that was a nice little thing to do. And I, again, I've been in business for 13 years, but I think it's something that is very important. If you know, you know, yourself, you know, what works best for you. And it's really testing and trying the different aspects of self-care to figure out what is the best way for you to do the things you need to do so you can function at your best. Yeah. And maybe to piggyback off of that, cause I have, um, probably unsurprisingly a very similar journey. The first, you know, really the first four and a half years I was in business. Um, it was just a grind, like a straight grind the whole time. Um, and you know, it's tough because I think like with a brand new entrepreneur, like sometimes a season like that can also be really good. Um, you know, it, I got to test my limits and see what I was capable of. And there's something exhilarating about throwing yourself all the way into something that you love. While that's at the same time, that season came with a lot of consequences that I've really spent the last 18 months unworking, like, what do I need in my life to be a business owner and to be healthy? And how can those things exist together and not be at odds with each other? Um, For me, I really had to start with looking at um, what's the like boring daily stuff that just has to be non-negotiable. Um, I have chronically my entire life been really bad about uh, compromising sleep for the sake of, you know, the mission or whatever it is I'm trying to do. Um, that's something that I've really had to reshape in the last 18 months. So I think going back to Dan's point, it's really knowing yourself um, and then committing the like boring work to the discipline of what yourself needs. Uh, not not surprising. I, I feel like we're all kind of in the same boat here with, you know, the first few years was a total grind. I mean, I, I didn't take my first day off until like my sixth year in business. I worked 365 days a year, no questions asked. Um, and I loved it. I mean, just like Michelle said, there's something very energizing and invigorating and fulfilling about, you know, putting your all into something that you care so much about. And seeing it grow and blossom and turn into a, a true business and uh you know self-care those first few years to me was did i remember to eat today you know if i remembered to eat uh, it was a good day and uh you know now i have like a kind of a list of non-negotiables where you know i know now that i need 8 hours of sleep a night uh and if i don't get that i'm not going to perform at my my level that I need to be at. You know, I uh, don't eat fast food. I don't drink soda. I try to eat, you know, very healthily, drink water. You know, I have some of these non-negotiables. I do yoga at least once a week. Even if I can't make it to the studio, I do it at home in my living room. 
you know, and there's just certain things that are non-negotiable uh, to my self-care now. But I feel like we've all come from that place of, uh, you know, really grinding and figuring out what is going to work for us the hard way. Something that's interesting that all three of you mentioned was you mentioned about the importance of basically of discipline in our lives. And and that may sound counterintuitive when we think of self-care, which is supposed to be, many people may think it's free-flowing, it's just relaxing, it's not doing anything. And then to, to put it in the context of you have to be disciplined and structured to make that work, I, I think that's really important when we think of being a business owners and entrepreneurs because we are so focused and driven on success and reaching goals that everything else just kind of falls by the wayside in our life. Yeah, I, I think one of the, for me at least, the number one non-negotiable has always been exercise. I've seen there's like a direct correlation to my personal performance. If I am not, even if it's just, all right, I'm going to go run three miles and I'm just going to go get on the treadmill for a half an hour and just do, you know, a quick three mile run and just get it out of the way. It's so important for your mental health, like being able to stay on top of the things that, you know, my biggest thing is. If I'm, if I like in my gut, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the gym. That's when you're like, Hey, guess what, man? You're going to the goddamn gym today because it's, it's the stuff you don't want to do. That's going to be the stuff that makes you great. Something as simple as like for me, like my nighttime routine, making sure I'm meditating, making sure I'm journaling, making sure that I am sitting there and I'm getting my, I'm packing my gym bag for the next morning. I'm, I'm prepping my food for the next day because I know that if I don't do that, I'm going to wake up like, ah, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Setting yourself up for success. I'm a big fan of uh, Jocko Willink. He's a uh, ex-Navy SEAL. Um, if you don't listen to his stuff, he's, you want to, two people, you want to feel motivated. Jocko Willink and David Goggins. Go watch those two animals on YouTube. They'll get your ass off the couch. But like, he says something that that's always resonated with me, which is discipline equals freedom. It's doing the things you don't want to do to get you where you want to be. Like, cause I know for me, I've been grinding at this for 20, 22 years since I was 22. So I've been running this business for 13 years now. And I have a number in my head of 45. I want to be in a position of 45 where I never have to work again. I'm never going to stop working because I'm an addict and this is just how my brain functions. But I want to work because I want to, not because I have to. And so I know that for me to get to that place, I can't just white knuckle it for the next well, 10 years. I have to make sure I set myself up for success. And that's doing everything that everyone's talking about here today, making sure you're eating good, clean food, making sure, I mean, I quit smoking. I'm still doing this stupid vape thing, but doing things that are good for your body and good for your brain. And sometimes, and again, this took me years to admit, sometimes actually taking a step away from your business and taking that refresher, whether it's, you know, you're like, all right, I'm going to take this day off, especially for those of you who are listening you're in year one, two, three, or four of your business where you're just like, I got to get it done. I got to get it done. You do a hundred percent. I like, I get it. I worked myself to the point of almost being hospitalized my first year in, in business, but it's one of those things where I learned like, if I'm in the hospital, I can't run my business. If I am so sick because I have been working 18, 19 hours a day for a hundred days straight and my body's physically shutting down, I can't do the best that I can. So making it like you know, both Michelle and Doug are saying it's non-negotiable. Even if you've worked a 12 hour day and you're like, you know, I know I feel better if I work out, go to the gym for a half hour, do a yoga, do something physical. That's the like, yes, if, especially if you're out in the field and you're walking, that counts as your cardio, but doing an intentional movement 
has such a profound impact. Like high intensity workouts are amazing for mental health. Like even if you go on the treadmill and just do a bunch of hit reps and just sprint, walk, sprint, walk, sprint, walk, like do whatever works for you, but make sure that no matter what, if you're like, Oh, I'm tired. I had a long, do it, like get it done. The people who succeed, the people who are the best in the world at what they do, whether it's sports, law, yoga, they're the people who don't negotiate with themselves. They're the people who are like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm getting done. And I'm going to get it done no matter what. Well, and Dan, you said a point that really resonated with me that I think it's at the core of a lot of this is keeping the long game in mind. Um, You know, and I mean, I'm sure you guys will all resonate with this, but COVID was just like a pretty horrible time to be a business owner. I mean, for everybody, it was horrible, but the stress and the just like survival kind of edge that I feel like every business owner, like their relationship to work transition to, I found it, especially in that season, but this is always a temptation to um, kind of take the easy wins. I put that in quotes for the audience, um, put that like take easy wins to help you just get a little bit more done. Um, and the longer I've been in this, the more I'm realizing that those cheap wins or those easy wins are really stealing from my long game. Um, you know, I mean, post COVID I've had to cut back on alcohol a lot because that was something <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I could keep working and have a glass of wine all of a sudden this is fun and I'm working three or four hours more. And what I need to do is stop and get to the gym because that's actually what's going to sustain me to keep. And I still love wine. Like I will tell anybody I still love wine. Um, (laughs) But that, um, that little inflection point and our decisions are, you know, our days are just full of decisions like that, that we choose in that moment, whether we're going to prioritize what I can get done today or what I could get done this entire year. And that's just a really different framework. Yeah, I think that's a great point of coming out of COVID. You know, we've all kind of had to reevaluate like our entire lives and our entire businesses. And I have a list of priorities uh, for the week and for the day. And uh, my priority lists look so different now than they did like three years ago. But, you know, and some things I don't, some days I don't get to the things on the bottom of that list, but things like eating healthy and sticking to our regimen, the things that we're talking about here are always at the top of my list and just staying disciplined. Like, like Dan said, I mean, that is so, so key to all of this. I mean, I schedule out on my Google calendar exactly when I am going to be uh, meal prepping, when I'm going to be doing yoga, when I'm going to be meditating, all of these things, I have it on my Google calendar as if it's a drop-in visit, as if it's a dog walk, you know, and I hold myself to it uh, with the same intensity that I would hold myself to a pet sitting client, you know, and uh, because you, you can't pour from an empty pot and you have to constantly be thinking about how do I refill my pot so that I can be there for my clients, for my team, for my community. Uh, That's so, so important. And I think another uh, point to make here is that everybody's priorities are going to be a little bit different. You know, yoga may not be your thing. Meditating may not be your thing, but, uh, you know, staying active, making those intentional movements, like Dan said, is so key. And it's preached by so many different people that are uh, 
successful in so many different industries, you know, and uh, you got to find what works for you and hold yourself to it. Yeah, pr- pr- those priorities help you focus a lot of times, but it can be hard to, to find those priorities in our lives because isn't everything important, right? If if, if it wasn't important, I wouldn't no. be doing it, right? So okay, okay. <laughs> so how do we how do we go from how do we go from that mindset of everything's important, I must be doing it all, to here's what's on my list for today, and that's all that I can do. So I'm a fan of two things, and this took me a long time to get to. Say no. Say no to friends, say no to family, say no. And I'm not saying always, but there's going to be times in your business when you just have to lock it in and say no to, to the stuff that's like, oh, you know what? I would like to go grab some drinks with my friend or, you know, I would love to go to like a family barbecue. Sometimes you have to do the thing that is right for you. Cause I know for me, I'm going out for drinks with my friends. I'm not going to feel, you know, I'm 35. I can't, I, I can't hang like I, I could when I was younger. So I know if I'm having, like, I had two drinks on Saturday for the first time in, like, I barely drink at all anymore because I, I know for me personally, and I realized this at a very young age, I need, for me to be successful, two things have to happen. Alcohol cannot play a large part of my life and I always have to be physically active. And so it's definitely about saying no. And then I looked at, I try to find people who are over the moon, more successful than me. So I look at people like an Elon Musk, like a Mark Zuckerberg, like a Bezos, any of these people who have built something massive, because that's my goal. I, I My goal is to build the largest pet care brand in the world. And I will work my hands to the bone to get there. But they in, they put a lot of things in place to make sure they're able to. Now, Elon Musk, not so much because that man's just a machine. But you know somebody like Mark uh, Zuckerberg, when they were building Facebook, they boiled everything down to a yes, no question for their business. Is this going to help us grow? Yes or no. So it eliminates the need of having to have these massive discussions about what are we doing? What is this? What is this? It's, does this help us grow? Yes or no. So you have to figure out what your goals are for your business and for you personally. Now, if you have a goal for your business of, I want to get a thousand clients in the next year. And that's a big goal. That's not a small thing to you know attain. You have to figure out what are the things that I have to do. And then with your team, you need to make sure that everybody understands that that's the goal. And it makes it so much easier to make those decisions. So, all right, we're going to do this event. Is this going to help us get more clients? Yes, we do it. We're going to do redecorating the office. Is that going to help us get more clients? Probably not. Let's put that further down the priority list. And then a big thing, like Doug was saying, he's got his list of priorities. Um, I, I have ADHD and I don't take medication for it anymore. I was on ADHD medication since I was in fourth grade till I was about 30. And in my 20s, it turned into a pretty bad substance problem. Like I was basically on speed for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it was great because I could work 20 hours a day. I was on my way to most likely blowing my heart out. I was consuming an obscene amount of Ritalin, Vyvanse. Um, and then on top of that, I was having 15 to 20 cans of sugar-free Red Bull a day. And then I was having anywhere from seven, it was like seven to 21 shots of espresso a day. Like I blew my adrenal gland out. My body was like, but I was, I was working out. I was in shape and all this stuff, but I was so Right. Like to the point where getting off of that medication, I went through physical withdrawals. It was terrible. So for my 20s, the entire mindset was just go, 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 go. Work harder than everybody. Go, go. 
I was going to like, I came to terms with the fact that I was not going to make it to 40 because I was convinced I was going to have a heart attack. I met my amazing wife who actually, Colin, you had her on the podcast. She's a nutritionist. And her whole thing is dealing with mental health issues through diet, supplementation, and exercise. And for me, that was, all right, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. She's completely changed my life. She's introduced yoga. She's introduced meditation. She's introduced therapy. Also, real quick, all the other stuff aside, I don't care who you are. Everybody benefits from therapy. All you need is somebody you can go just, if you want, you can yell at them. Just be like, this is what's happening. And this client was terrible. And this is this. And this employee was a nightmare. It is so important to be able to have an unbiased person you can go vent to so that you can get all the crap out. Because if you hold that, it's it's poison. You're just keeping poison inside of you. So say no to stuff. Prioritize the things you need to do and get a therapist. Go get it. Th- everyone needs therapy. Just go to therapy and talk about your feelings because everyone has them. I mean, Dan, you just summed it all up. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very strongly about therapy. I can't tell at all. Um, Yeah, I mean, all those things just like firmly believe in, firmly echo. Um, For me, I have found it really helpful. Um, So I'm a social worker by training. That's what my graduate degree is in. And so, you know, I find the brain really fascinating. and find it fascinating just our relationship to stress and um, just the mental frameworks around stress. And so a couple of points I wanted to make. Um, One, I do think we have a lot of choice, a lot more like um, empowerment around the framing of stress mentally and choosing how that impacts us than a lot of people may realize. So Mm choosing to engage in work because you find it enjoyable and it's an opportunity that you have versus something you have to do. I really believe that mental framework impacts our bodies and the way that um, our relationship to stress affects us. So that's something I've worked on a lot in the last five years is um, just really trying to shift my mindset, even in really difficult situations from this is happening to me to this is something I've chosen to do. I'm still choosing to do. And that's a beautiful thing, even though it is hard at times. Um, And so I think some of that gratitude and just that self-empowerment, you know, I mean, getting a little into the nerdy side of the brain, um, trying to get as much into your higher level, like frontal lobe as you can, where you actually feel like you have empowerment and choice over it versus um, reacting with your lower level brain, which is very like fight or flight. Things are happening to me. I'm in a reactionary pose. So trying to get as much into this proactive choice mindset as you can. I just think it's so helpful. Um, And as part of that mindset, like almost stepping outside of yourself to look back at yourself as this vessel that has to be cared for, just like your business does. Um, Your body needs certain inputs and outputs to be able to function. And so I personally find it helpful to step outside of myself mentally into that kind of higher level. What does this vessel actually need. Okay. It needs to get outside. It's like a plant. It needs water. It needs air. It needs to move its body outside. 
And then um, to the point Dan was making about Jocko, I think it was Jocko Willink, um, or yes. maybe this new thing. Um, but just treating that as a non-negotiable, like I know it's best at my higher level self has determined that that makes it on the list today. And for me, that's helped. That has helped things feel less like just a perpetual to-do list of like, okay, meditation, check, gratitude, journal, check. And a little bit more of like, there are certain things that I know in my higher level self care for the vessel that cares for everything else. So we got to take care of the vessel. Yeah, I think all of this really comes back to just being honest with yourself and knowing yourself. And you need to have, we talk about mission and vision statements for our business, but you need to have a mission and a vision statement for your own personal life too. And all of these different decisions that you're making about how you spend your time, where you put your energy, what you prioritize it, you need to come back to, is this going to uphold the mission for my life, the the long-term vision for not just my business, but for my actual life. And get honest with yourself. This is one thing, uh, uh, Dan mentioned David Goggins, and man, he is a huge inspiration to me. Uh, listen to his audio book. He's got two out now. Um, he's got some great uh, podcast episodes and stuff too. But um, that's one thing that he really talks about is like, look yourself in the mirror and and get real with yourself. You know, if you need to lose weight, tell yourself that, you know, we did self-love is good. And like, uh, being positive about yourself is good to a certain extent, but it can get toxic, you know, and if you're not real and true and honest about your actual situation. Well, and I think to your point, Doug, like, it really is this framing of what is self-love because I'm from the perspective that like self-love is being willing to have that honest moment with yourself of like, you know, I, because I love myself, I will course correct here because I see it. And in many ways, like I think this relationship with self-love and um, numbing from realities, it's just that intersection is really important. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's very. I mean, I I have done it for years. It's very. I, I'm not a big drinker, but I, I do enjoy the cannabis. And um, you know, and I come home at the end of the day. It's very nice to smoke a joint, take my dog for a walk, and just boom, like it's a switch. I, my stress is gone. I feel great. Look at how beautiful it is outside. But then you know, I, I stopped. My my wife and I are aiming to have a baby, so we we're I'm taking a break from uh from the weed. And I noticed, I first few weeks massive uptick in anxiety. I was having panic attacks and I was like, Oh, I haven't dealt with anything for the past few years. And I've just let it even go into therapy and stuff like that. So it all starts to, you know, come to the surface. And if you find yourself reaching for that drink, reaching for that joint, reaching for, cause I mean, we, this is, this is not a low stress business. We're not, you know, running any business is not low stress, but when you're caring for people's animals and you care the way I'm assuming everyone out there does, because you've dedicated your life to it, there's an additional amount of stress because it's not like, all right, I can go there tomorrow. Like, no, you can't. The dog has to get outside. This is something that's time sensitive. You're always dealing with stuff like that. And at the end of the day, it always falls on your shoulders as the business owner. Like I'm a big owner, again, to go back to Jocko and something called extreme ownership. If anything goes wrong in my company, it's my fault because I didn't train the people to train the people correctly. Anything that goes wrong, that falls on me. And that that's a big burden to take on because once you grow a team to 5, 10, 20, 15, 50, 100 people, 
it's a lot and there's always going to be something going on. And it's really learning how to give yourself those outlets that aren't going to ruin you. Because and again, there are people, I know people who can go out and have five drinks and they function fine. That's not me. I can't do that. I also know that if I go out and I eat a bunch of garbage, I'm going to feel like crap the next day. I'm going to be upset with myself for doing that. And it's, it becomes this vicious cycle. And I, you know, I see myself, I mean, my wife's also very good at holding me accountable here, but when you see yourself falling back into these patterns of, oh, this is nice. Like, you know, like Michelle was saying, those, those easy wins, it's very easy to pour that glass of wine. It's very easy to just pack a quick bowl and just, all right, I feel good now. You got to do the work. You got to do the things and, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to put yourself in a state of like, I'm really anxious right now. I want to just figure out a way to make this go away and taking the time to be like, oh, all right, I'm anxious about this, 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 and this. All right, let's put this on paper. Why am I anxious about it? And then reverse engineer how you can solve those problems. Sometimes it's literally creating a plan. Like I know that if I leave work and I haven't created a game plan for the next day, I'm not present when I get home. I can't think clearly because I'm like, oh, well, what about this? I got this, I got this, I got this. If I at least make a plan for the problem, it's not always about solving the problem in that moment, but at least putting it down on paper, putting it into a sauna or whatever task management system you use and figuring out how do I just get this out of my brain and giving yourself, take the night, go home, take the dog for a walk, you know, have, you know, have a nice conversation with your partner, do whatever you got to do. That's not work because it's, it, it, it's just something that if you don't do it, it just builds and builds. Eventually you're going to lose it. You're going to, you're going to have a mental breakdown because I've seen it. I've experienced it. Like I've had plenty of days where I've just been in tears being like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I take like a day off and I'm like, Oh, all right. I just got to do boom, 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 and boom. And it's it, the overwhelm. When you take that pressure off yourself, it's, it's about, you have to let yourself, and I suck at this. I'm so bad at giving myself time off. The only ways I really truly decompress is when I'm on, if I fly somewhere, because I'm like, all right, I know I physically can't get back there to deal with the problem, but I, I've had to actively work on being able to allow myself that time to step back and be like, I'm not dealing with this right now. This is not, you know, as long as the, the, the animals are okay, my staff are okay. This is not a problem that needs to be solved right now. I'll put it down on my list. I'll prioritize it. I'll deal with it when I come in the next day. Got to jump in on what Dan just said. <laughs> I, uh, I I smoked weed literally every day from the from the I was fourteen until I turned twenty six every day, and I had no idea how numb I was. And that's one of the first things I. When, I, when I'm talking to people now, I'm like, are you numbing yourself and why? And what can you do to stop that? And when I, when I turned 26, I was kind of like looking at my life and thinking about the, the vision for my future. And I'm like, I am not going to be able to attain the things that I want to attain with my life if I keep getting stoned every day. That doesn't mean I can't ever smoke ever. I still do occasionally, but I can't do it every day and reach the goals that I want to reach. And as soon as I stopped smoking every day, just like Dan said, it was like my anxiety went through the roof. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't eat without having weed in my system. And that's when I started going to therapy. And to, I mean, to bring it back again to that, I had no idea that I needed therapy until I stopped smoking weed every day. Mm. And then I was like, holy crap, I have so much stuff that I have never dealt with that I don't even know how to begin to process. 
So now I go to therapy uh, once a week. If it's a rough week, I'll go twice a week, you know, and it's been a life changer for me. And, and one of the first things that my therapist told me to do, I told her, I was like, I just don't know what to do. And, you know, like every day I would come home from walking dogs all day and I would pack that ball or I would roll that joint. And now I would come home and I'd be like, I literally don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do I do? And uh, my therapist was like, you got to put stuff on your schedule, like find things that are going to fulfill you. And that's, that's when I started like dabbling with running and dabbling with yoga. And like, I went and got myself a puppy so that I would have, like, I could, <laughs> I'm not recommending that you run out and get a puppy. But it was, it, it's what I needed, you know? I had somewhere to put that energy and that all that love and all that, those pent up emotions. Now I was like, instead of funneling that into rolling a joint, I could go play with my puppy, you know? <laughs> Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting Time com slash confession. It's important to note that self-care, self-love is not escapism. It's not running away from those. It's not numbing that. It be, it's not trying to make things go away. And, and Michelle, I'm really glad that you had mentioned the earlier of your of our, our, our thinking brain you know, our, and our basal brain of like the two things. One part of your brain is trying to preserve your life at all costs and will do anything to make sure you don't feel those emotions or experience those bad things in your life. You have to use the front part of your brain to direct those energies into positive, healthy mechanisms that allow you to then function in a better way. Because if we don't have those tough questions, if we don't face those issues that are coming up, we don't actually make any progress. And then when more things get piled on our plates, we can't take that on. We don't know how to make decisions. And we end up stuck and mired in a location where we kind of settle for it. We're like, well, this is, I guess this is all I can do, all I'm capable of. And it all gets back to us not wanting to look ourselves in the mirror and going, I love you for who you are as a person. And I appreciate everything that you, me, are doing. Here are some things we can make some changes in so that we can get a little bit better or move in a different direction than where we are now. And I just want to highlight, Colin, like, I think these conversations are so important. And I think it's especially important for people who have seen a measure of success in their business to have them authentically. Because I think sometimes it's easy to look at other people who, you know, their business has reached a certain size or a certain scale or a certain territory. And just to kind of put this romanticized picture over it and over what the experience must have been and to have people come talk about, like, actually, there are substances that, like, aren't, like, bad as a substance necessarily, but, like, I did use to escape. And, like, part of my success has actually come from learning to sit in these uncomfortable feelings and then to find healthier ways to move them through. Um, 
But, you know, part of the success is actually getting away from this mentality of like, I'm just kicking that to a tomorrow problem. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I say that to thank you for initiating this conversation because I believe it's really important. Yeah, I think especially with the substance abuse component, um, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who deal with it and it's. So I think it's become less taboo to talk about, but I think it's it's a vulnerability people don't always like sharing. I, I was in rehab when I was 16. I was I was a handful as a youth. Um, and so I, d- I dealt with the substance abuse and, and the numbing for a very long time in my, my teens. I got sober for a year when I was uh, 18 and then I had something happen in my life and it just... And then I started this business and I, I couldn't numb, I couldn't drink anymore the way I used to. Yeah. So, you know, I... I realized with the booze and then I, I had been off of pot for years. And like I was saying, I was like, Oh, I forgot how much I love this. And it became, it was so, it was so nice to be able to just numb it. And it's, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's okay to have a glass of wine and depending on who you are, like there are some people who, you know, you know, when it comes to sobriety, I think sobriety functions on a gradient. Some people believe it's black and white. I think there are some people like, I know for me, like, I, I can't go out and have a bunch of drinks. Like I could have a glass of whiskey and that's it. I'm not, I can't go beyond that. Um, but it's, it's important to be able to recognize when it is, if you're not progressing, chances are the things you're using to escape or numb are probably holding you back and it's okay. Like, you know, I've, I've built a business that's done nearly $10 million in revenue and it was not easy. It was something that I had to put a lot of work into, but any mistake you have possibly made, I have made it. If you've cried about your business right here, if you've wanted to quit your business right here, if you wanted to just be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I've dealt with all of those feelings and I would just push them away, push them away, push them away and numb myself. And it's something that you got to take that look in the mirror and really truly, because the only person that could hold you accountable at the end of the day is you or the police, but you primarily, um, you want it to be you, you don't want it to be the police. Um, and it's, I think it's important to be able to have a good support network for yourself. Um, I found actually it wasn't until I think maybe around COVID, maybe a year before that I actually found the pet care community. Cause up until then I was just doing it myself. And like, I knew it existed, but everyone else locally was like, Oh, they're, they're competition. I don't want anything to do with them. Whereas now I have a very, very different perspective on it. It's finding that support network for yourself, whether it's, you know, it's great to have friends to talk to. Um, I'm lucky enough where I have a lot of friends who are also business owners. So being able to talk to people who know what it's like to deal with client issues, who know what it's like to deal with employee issues, who know what it's like to deal with what you're going through and having those people you can, you know, have as a sounding board and being able to not, not just a therapist, but having like a network of people, even these Facebook groups. I mean, like you guys have an amazing Facebook group that you put together and being able to have it where it's just like, this is what I'm dealing with. Does anybody have advice? And then I love it because you see like 50, 60, 70 comments of people putting stuff up there and people want to talk about it. People who have run a business and have been stressed or dealing with this or that, or just like decision fatigue. There's so many different aspects to it. So asking for help, I think is also a really, really big part of self-care, whether it's dealing with numbing yourself or just not being sure of what to do in your business or just venting. Like I, sometimes I see just people getting on there being like this client today, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it. I've dealt with it. It's terrible. It's so goddamn annoying. Some of the stuff we have to deal with. 
Um, but being able to make sure you have that group of people you can, you know, vent to and, you know, have a sounding board is very important too. I, I think one thing that's uh, common with what all of us are saying is that you're not alone. You know, if yeah. you're listening to, listening to this and you're stressed out about something or you've been dealing with numbing yourself in some way or whatever it is that you're going through, you are not alone. Uh, it, I think it's easy uh, to kind of look at what's on social media and it's it's kind of glamorized, you know, and you look at somebody's business and, oh, man, you know, they're doing so many dog walks and they got so many team members. Wouldn't that be nice? How amazing, you know? And, and you be, you, you form this jealousy and, and you start looking down on yourself and no, don't do that. You're not alone. Like we're all in this boat together. We're all dealing with some of the same struggles. And, you know, and, and if you ever need somebody to, to reach out to, I mean, shoot me a Facebook message. I'll jump on the phone with you. Like, man, we're, we, we're all in this together. Yeah. Ditto. I'm always happy to have a chat with somebody in the space. Dan, you, earlier you had mentioned you said this weird phrase of 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 working and then leaving work at work and trying to be home. Uh, and I know that that's a that's something that a lot of us are really bad at of having this this work life and this home life <laughs> and trying to find separation and a balance there. What what are you, what are all your thoughts on on what a work life balance is? Is it even attainable? Is it even real? Like, is anything real? No, I mean this is all simulation. <laughs> Who knows? I knew it. I know. For all I know, I'm I'm still sitting on a couch in 2012, experiencing a DMT trip. So who knows? Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's I truly suck at having a work work life balance. I am I am terrible at it. It is something I have to work at constantly. Um, again, I have a wonderful wife who forces these things into my life, who will recognize when I am. Cause I, once I get going, I don't stop. I'm, I'm very obsessive. It's that addictive mindset that I have where it's just like, go, 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 go. I think it's one having a separation of your workspace. So a lot of you work at home. So if you have, if you live in a studio apartment and your desk is right there and you're dealing with client stuff all day, there's no clean break in your day. So it's really making sure that you you set the time to do that. It also means that you need to be realistic about the goals and the time frame. I want to build something massive. So I know that I don't really get breathing room for another five to eight years. And I've accepted that because this is what my goal is. This is what I want to do. Now, it doesn't mean I just go, 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 go. But you, like Doug was saying... You have to plan stuff into your day. You have to like put that stuff in your calendar. There's going to be days where you don't adhere to it. It's just going to happen. Like we all do it. We all see, oh, shit, I got to meditate. All right, let me do this. Let me get the email out or let me respond to this. Well, let me do that. And it's, it's something you have to do every single day. And it's about being conscious of what you are choosing to let into your brain. My therapist always talks about intrusive thoughts, which I'm sure we all experience. So stuff just starts to go, oh, you forgot to do this, or you got to do this, and you, oh, don't, don't forget this. And again, writing it down, but really making sure that you are giving yourself the permission is important. Now, I understand meditation is not for everybody, and people are like, oh, I just can't meditate. First of all, anyone who says, I just can't, stop it. You're full of shit. Because every, there, are, there is a man with no arms and no legs who climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't want to hear anyone's excuses. 
There's no reason why you can't accomplish something. There are so many people who are so much less capable of you than you as an individual who do so much more. It's about your mind. It's about your mindset. It's about what you are willing to either forego or put yourself through. Meditating, it sucks. I'm so bad at it. It is so difficult to do. But like anything else, like nobody gets a six pack overnight. You get a six pack by eating clean, exercising, taking vitamins, doing your sit-ups, doing your workouts, doing the things that you have to do. And it's the same thing with your brain. I think that's one thing a lot of us forget about is being able, if you could control your mind and not let it control you, like, um, what's his name? Giant guy, huge hands, motivational speaker. Um, uh, what is his name? He's huge. Tony Robbins. Lou Ferrigno? What? I'm no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Also Lou. No, I heard Tony Robbins talking about the cold plunge, which I, I highly suggest for everybody. I take a five minute ice cold shower every morning. Um, I put on the soap and then I spend the rest of the time in the cold and I just, you just breathe. He talks about how first thing he does every single day is he has a cold plunge in his house. And he's like, I get up and I tell my body, we're getting in that God's water. It doesn't matter how cold it is or what you want to do. It's about doing the things to get it. So you do the things that you need to do instead of your brain being like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. That water's 34 degrees. I'm not going in there. It's about training your mind. So I use um, Headspace as a meditation app. It is fantastic. There's Headspace, there's Calm, there's free videos on YouTube. Literally Google how to meditate or five-minute meditation. You can start with a three-minute meditation and it'll, it'll guide you through all of this. Meditation is something I have to work at constantly. I'm not good at any of this stuff. This is stuff that I have to do all the time. I I drop the ball in it. I have to pick it up again. But being able to force yourself to do the things, because at the end of the day, you've all built a business that generates money. That means you're a successful person. That means you have a decent head shoulders. I have a decent brain functioning between my ears. That means you are capable of learning. And if you're capable of learning, you could develop skills. And if you could develop skills, you can be light years ahead of where you are now if you want to do it. So you need to figure out how badly do you want it or want? You know, are you okay with being where you are? If, if you're at a point where you built your business and you're like, you know, I'm making money I need to make right now. I'm, I don't need to build a huge thing. I don't need to be hiring 100 employees. That's okay. Every like Doug was talking about this too. Social media for businesses is amazing. Social media for mental health is fucking terrible. It is so bad for you because you're going to go and you're going to look at these different accounts, these other companies, and it's like, oh my God, look what they've done and this and that. You don't know what's going on in the background. You don't like, I always say this when I see couples, when I have friends who start to like really post about each other, I'm like, oh man, it must be going sideways. We always want to put the best version of ourselves out there. And obviously with our businesses, that's part of branding. It's part of marketing. You can't look at other people's things and let me, I get jealous constantly. It is, it is probably one of my worst qualities. Anytime I see anything more successful than me, I'm like, what do I, what do I have to do to get there? What do I have? Why, why is that not happening to me? Instead of being like one, that's fucking awesome. I'm so happy for that person for having that success because they had, they, no one's handed success. You're either handed a bunch of money and cool, or you build a thing. Whatever it is. And that takes a lot of work. Everyone out there who is building a business knows what that means. But it's so important 
to be able to not let all that stuff gobble you up. And you have to be able to take the time to just step back. And you have to set those boundaries for yourself. I'm terrible at it. And I have to work at it constantly. My thoughts on the work-life balance. Um, Doug, I'm also really interested to hear yours because I know you posted a YouTube video on this. Um, and it was like great timing. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I was planning to later today. Um, I just have a couple quick thoughts on like, for me, work-life balance. I I really think it comes back to this principle that we have talked about a lot on this call, which is knowing yourself and knowing what works for you. Um, I personally don't adhere to, well, I say that I do not have a traditional relationship with work. And that's something as an entrepreneur that I find exciting. And I um, personally like I have many friends, dear friends, best friends who would hate the relationship I have with work. <laughs> they have it. It's not their thing. They don't want to have weird problems come up at 8 a.m. They have to jump in and solve. I find that exciting. Like it. So I, I do think they're I'm always a little hesitant to categorize um, stringently what work and the work life relationship should look like, because I think that's one reason we are entrepreneurs is we, or maybe I should speak for myself. Like I like pushing the balance of what that is. Um, and I, I think there's this nuance and this wisdom of, okay, that can be true. And also if you are scared to take a day off and shut your phone off for a day, there may be some issues you need to look <laughs> at in relationship to your work life balance. Yeah. Like some, some truths that you may need to, as Doug was saying, look in the mirror and, you know, really come to terms with, have I set enough boundaries? Have I examined this relationship? Is it serving me? Because that really is what it comes down to is, you know, we are there to serve our businesses, but also the business has to work for the life that we want as the owner. Um, And there's some give and take there and some compromise, but I think both sides are really important. Um, so that's, you know, not as clear cut as some people probably wish it were, but I really think it comes down to what do you want your relationship with work and your business to look like? Um, and then starting to put that in place and make hard calls to make that a reality. Yeah. I mean, you basically just summarized my YouTube video on work-life balance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just don't really believe in work-life balance in the typical sense, you know, that I think people think of. I think as a small business owner, it just doesn't really exist. And you really, it it does come down to knowing yourself, knowing what you need and knowing what's going to work for you as an individual. And, you know, I know what work-life balance looks like for me. And for me, just like you said, I I get excited by the 8 a.m. problems. I get excited by the long days out in the field and and the hard conversations and and the problem solving. And that's why I started, one of the reasons that I started a business was I like that kind of stuff. I like that weight on my shoulders. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I mentioned in that YouTube video is that, you know, you can put all the boundaries in place, you can meditate, you can do all of the right things to create a quote unquote work-life balance. 
But it's that weight on your shoulders uh, that really is going to get people. And I think that's what affects a lot of small business owners more than anything, is they don't realize uh, how much of a responsibility it's going to be and, and how much of a of a weight it's going to be on you every day, sleeping and awake. And uh, if you, you can't, if, if you don't want to deal with that weight on your shoulders, you, you need to just go work for someone else instead of owning your own business at the end of the day. And I, I know that's not what people want to hear, but it's just, to me, it's the truth of the matter. Yeah, I, I agree completely. One, anyone out there who is trying to figure out anything with your business, Go watch Doug's videos because they're fantastic. Like he's made such an amazing <laughs> library of content. Like I, I wish you existed when I first started because I it was just me like with my eyes closed, running running through a field, having no idea what I was doing. So definitely go check out Doug's stuff. But I, I strongly agree with that. Like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. If if you are not the person who likes to put out the fires, who likes to solve, solve the problems, who, you know, is okay with getting that call at 8.30 on a Friday night, like, hey, locked up out of a client's house, or this is happening, or that's happening. It might not be for you. Like, you know, look, I'd be lying if I, I don't have my day every now and then where I'm just like, oh, man, nine to five sounds nice. You just, your work day ends, and you just go home, and then that's it. And then you don't have to think about it till the next day. That's not how I'm wired. And I, I know that about myself now. Like, I remember when I was younger, seeing all my friends figuring out their degrees and where they, what they wanted to do. And I just felt so lost being like, I, I don't feel like I fit into any of these categories. And then I started my first business and I was like, oh, you can do this and not have to listen to anybody. And then it, it, it's just, it, it, that's why I love talking to anybody about building a business. Like this is my, my wife jokes that, my business is my wife and she's my mistress because I, 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 I love building things like the idea, the taking a thing from just synapses firing inside of your skull and then making stuff happen in the real world is the coolest thing to me. It's, you know, it's how we have all the things that we have. Like, it's just, it's not for everybody, but you have to make the decision that you're all in on it. You, it's, Running a business can't be something that you're half in, half out on. And if you're going to be half in, half out, hire really good employees and pay them very well. That's that's the only other way to do it. Even then, you're going to be dealing with stuff. Our friends at the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters have a vision and they need your help. They envision a future where pet care professionals and pet parents collaborate to make a significant positive impact on the welfare of pets and the pet industry through education, certification, and community outreach. Together, we can make this vision a reality. NAPS is run by its members for its members. It's a volunteer-driven association. They offer a trial membership and various webinars to showcase the many NAPS member benefits offered. Visit the NAPS website at petsitters.org for membership details and more information. So I'm a big Alex and Layla Hermosi fan. I consume a lot yes. of content. They're really, really excellent. And Alex Hermosi, I think it's Alex, um, has this saying that, you know, you choose your heart. Um, and I think part of this, you know, what Doug was talking about too, of like there's this weight on your shoulders. Um, you choose your heart and you learn how to adapt to it and then how to succeed to it. And, you know, I've personally found that be kind of the progression of like, you get to the next level, 
you let your lungs adjust to the new height that you're at. And then you learn how to carry that weight well, and you do it iteratively. And for some people, that's not the hard that they want. All of it has, you know, different forms of hard for me. It would be really hard to work for somebody else. I've done it before. I also don't like it. Um, you know, it's just like, what is the hard that you want to choose? And then following through on that and really choosing it. Because to your point, Dan, I don't think you can be half in, half out, especially with business ownership. I, I love that you said that uh, your business is your wife and your wife is your mistress. <laughs> when when I was dating, I, um, I asked on every first date that I went on, I said, uh, what's your red flag? And I'll tell you my red flag. And my, my red flag that I told every first date was my business will always come first, no matter what. Um, I may miss holidays. I may have to cancel vacations. Um, I'm going to be working weird hours. I'm going to work weekends. And when I'm with you, I will be 100% with you. I can promise you that. But the business comes first. And man, I had so many people just get up and walk out as soon as I <laughs> nope. said that. Is that. Nope, not for me. But <laughs> but then I met Cole, you know, and he was like, that's so inspiring. I love that. Tell me more. And, you know, now we've been on this journey for like six years. And uh <laughs> You know, there there are days just last week I was sitting there and he got home from from his nine to five job and I'm sitting there working on my computer, shooting out emails and stuff. And he's like, OK, like, are we going to go to dinner? And I'm like, I just need one more hour, one more hour, one more hour. Goes one more hour. Like, <laughs> yeah, one more hour, please. And he finally just comes over and he just closes my laptop and he said, OK, it's my time now. <laughs> and that's I agree with that. That's super important is because like when I was dating, oh, man. I was not as transparent as you were, Doug. I was not good at it. But I think, you know, if you are out there, you're looking for somebody being honest about what it is you do and how you do it is very important. Because if you paint this rosy picture of, yeah, I run a pet care business and I just hang out with puppies sometimes. And and then the rest of my life is easy and I'm never stressed out and I never have anxiety. And if that's you, awesome. But chances are you're dealing with and with the same things we're talking about here, it's very important if you're in a relationship to give your partner that time and make sure that you are upfront in the beginning of the relationship. Um, again, I'm very lucky. My wife is very tough and will call me out on it, will make me very aware when I'm dropping the ball. And I, because I, I know that for me, I need somebody like that. I need somebody who's going to be like, hey, you haven't spent time with me in two weeks. I'm going to kill you if you don't, if you don't correct course. All right, fine. Um, no, but it's, uh, it's the transparency I think is very important. Being able to have those conversations. We, I, I had a, a couple of managers leave and go to other companies. So I knew that we were going to be in a bit of a in-between period while we got new team members on. I had a conversation with my wife and I was like, look, the next two months, I have no days off. I'm going to be, you know, seven days a week. It's going to be tough. So she planned trips. She went and visited friends. She went and spent time with her family. And that's how we made it work. And, you know, she also knows right now we're opening up our new facility in the next couple of months. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. But she also, she's awesome because she'll, she does every event with me. She's always, you know, involved with, you know, certain aspects of the business. So especially, in, I mean, I think, the self-care stuff ties into your relationship too. So with your partner, it's important to be able to have those conversations, know if they want to be involved. Also know if you figure out what level you want them involved in your business too, 
because it can become a little spicy. Like I, unless you started the business together, I don't advise bringing them in in an employee capacity because like the way you correct an employee is going to be sure to different the way you correct your partner because it's it's not going to go over as well because that comes home with you. So definitely be careful there. <laughs> those relationships really do help us get through those and, and they help us in the, the team that we have around us. You mentioned having a good support group and having a good relationship, being honest, being open with them that allows us to have some place to take and direct that energy or have help when we need it as well. And and our conversation so far has been really focused on on us as the business owners in managing our self-care, our time, our attention, our boundaries. Uh, you, you all have staff as well. How do you help them with this kind of aspect? And how, what, how, how do you approach talking to them about self-care and the importance that this has with them? Um, this is a topic that I really love because it's just an area over the course of my relationship with my business and my employees that we've tried a lot of different things. We've, um, you know, but uh, sorry, um, this is an area that's really important to me because this industry is such high burnout. And I have seen that in staff turnover. I've seen that in my staff's mental health. Um, And so, I mean, first and foremost, we just set it as a principle with our business that like you are a whole person here to the extent that like you want to bring yourself into this working environment, you are welcome to. Um, It's not expected. Like, you know, if you don't want to talk about certain things or you don't, you know, if you want this to just be a job, that's also totally fine. But um, to the extent that like you want to be a whole person here, just know like we see you as a whole person. We want to be a dignifying employment option for you. And that's the core ethic of the business. Um, And that's openly stated. It's one of the first things we talk about in our orientation for new hires. On the pragmatic side, we've developed a series of just kind of non-negotiables or at least direct asks of our staff um, and promises that the business makes on their end or on our end. Um, But one of the main things that we talk about is we ask staff to turn off their software notifications when they're off the clock. We're really diligent about that. Um, And we have a really hard line. If you're off the clock, you do not respond to clients that is what the manager is for. That is why we have office hours. Um, it's really important that we have these off-on cycles for our business. And it's good for you too. And so we try and model that as managers. I think that's really where this starts. Um, but then in practice as well, we make sure that employees know we want you to take time off. We respect your time off when you take it. And we really want you to disengage when you're off. Turn off Slack, turn off time to pet. Um, that's the expectation. And if we ever ask you different, that's us going against what we've set as the standard. Yeah. I think for us, one of the things we try to do is we, we, in our, we actually build it into our training. So, you know, one of the things that I experienced when I was out, like actually, I think Doug, you had mentioned it before was being like, Oh, I didn't eat today. So teaching people, like when you're out in the field, like where to get healthy options, where, where to, you know, even if you're, I ate at a gas stations for years, you could eat a, it's not the healthiest, but you can find healthy, especially now there's so much more stuff that you could find at gas stations and stuff like that. So teach them about, we, we, we have reminders of, Hey, did you drink water today? Hey, did you have, you know, a healthy breakfast? So like doing things like that and really trying to train them on 
the nutritional side of things, making sure you're making good nutrition choices. Now, I'm very lucky that my team is pretty similar to me in their obsessive nature and caring about our clients. So when they're on, they're on. Like when they're when they're when they're doing stuff, they're all in. But the team as a whole is really good about if someone's on vacation, they'll and they see someone else answer, they'll like message them and be like, what are you doing? Like you need to unplug. So like as a culture, we've we've really tried to bring that into into the fold. Again, are we all guilty of checking things or putting out a fire? Like I'm at a wedding and I'm like looking at my phone. That it happens and it's something that we constantly have to work at. Again, I think, especially in this business, because we're dealing with animals and we all love animals so much, it's those little things, it's those little details that make the companies like this successful. But it's important that you do try to push that stuff. And like, you know, I make sure that my team, especially my management team, gets that PTO. They take time off, they go on their vacations or do whatever they do. We really try to be as respectful as we can. And support each other because it's it's not only just about being able to shut off, but like holding each other accountable and making sure that we are being supportive of each other, of taking that time off. And really, you know, even if that means like I got to do work an extra day or someone else has to put in some extra hours and like people will step up for each other because they know it's going to be reciprocated. So when you're able to support each other that way, one, it builds a lot more team unity. Like I'm very like my management team now is fantastic. They are so good about being so on top of things. But when it comes to, you know, if someone needs to go spend time with their kids or this is happening or that's happening, they really are supportive. And it's, it's something that you need to build into your culture of making sure people have that time off. Even if you're somebody like me who is very obsessed and it's go, 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 go. It took me a few years of having employees to realize, oh, it's not their business. They're never going to work as much as you. And they're never going to, you know, care as much as you. They all care. Like it, it, it makes me, you know, it fills my heart with joy just knowing how much they do care about our clients and their pets. But, but there are, there's always stuff we can do to improve on this front. I think in any capacity, um, but you know, it's it's really about helping them to help each other and making sure they kind of set those those boundaries and take that time. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this stuff, you know, can really be built into how you operate as a business. And so I have like an online training course that I built that I send all of my new employees through that goes through everything from how to clean a litter box to how to communicate with clients and all this kind of stuff. And one of the modules of our training course is uh, healthy living as a pet professional. And one of the lessons within this healthy living module is time management. And within that, we talk about like, if you're, if you have a schedule of dog walks for the day, you know, making sure that you eat lunch, just like Dan said, and, and we have like a cheat sheet that actually shows some examples of cheap, healthy lunches for dog walkers. And I talk about the importance of drinking water and all that kind of stuff within this training module. And then uh, we have a policy within my company that uh, we guarantee your time off. I never tell an employee, no, if you request time off, I don't care what the reason is, you have the time off. I will never force you to work uh, if you don't want to or if you don't need to. And then uh, on top of that, we, we just really push transparency on every level uh, within my business. So like if we get a new client, the first person that goes and services this new client, 
one of my managers is trained to call the the team member and say, be honest with me. You know, I saw your message. Everything was great in the message, but be honest with me. Did this visit excite you? Do you want, do you really want to go back to this client? And a lot of team members will say, well, I mean, it was all right, but I really wouldn't want to go back. You know, and if we say that, we make a note of that and we'll never send that team member back to that client because we want them to be excited about the work that they are doing. It needs to be fulfilling to them. It needs to be meaningful to them. And if they're not getting that from the clients that we are sending them, then we can either find a different team member that would be a better match for that client, or we have referral relationships with other pet businesses in our area. And if we don't have someone on our team that is truly excited to go to that client, we'll send them to another business. And it sucks to see that revenue loss. You know, nobody wants to lose a client. Nobody wants to lose revenue. But at the end of the day, keeping your employees happy uh, is key to everything. If your employees are not happy, then they are not going to stay with you. And if you have a super high turnover rate, that's going to look bad to your clients. It's going to make your management way harder. It's going to increase your costs as a business. I mean, I could talk all day about the trickle-down effect of all of that. So you just got to find a way to keep your employees happy. Yeah, I, I, it is. It is doing that. And remembering that even if we aren't doing all of the visits, we're not just forcing automatons out to do work, right? There are people with feelings, emotions, needs, desires, and wants for their personal lives. And, and Doug, I really appreciate that example of going, is this a good fit? Is this a dog? Is this a visit that we as a company should take on? Is this good for us? I mean, we actually just last week fired a client because they were with us for a little while. They went away for several months. And when they came back, their dogs, complete terrors. So much so that my our, our sitter that went came back was like, I, I never want to do that again, honestly. And it was like, okay, we're we're not going to do that. And just knowing, yeah, I it really, yeah, they were back. The client was super excited to be back with us and everything. But but my goodness, I, we can't have staff dreading going to that client. That's not a place where we want to, because I certainly have slogged through those when the, when we were for, when we were starting and we were doing visits and it was like, oh, this person booked again. I can't believe, and you're not present. You're angry. You're resentful the whole time you're in there, and we don't want that for our our staff. We don't want them to be dreading going into work. We have the best job in the world. We know that, and we can protect that through how we guide, manage, train, and direct our staff and our teams. Uh, as we as we wrap up here, um, I, I, Dan, earlier you had mentioned things like Headspace, Calm apps. I was curious, just uh, things, software, programs that you all use, like, recommend that that help you find that space or help you better set boundaries or manage the things that are on you on, on your plate. Because I know that when we think about okay, we're instituting these, we need to be intentional, we need to be direct with how we spend our time. Sometimes that means help getting those from from people, from from going to therapy. Sometimes it means setting up good programs and policies or or software in our lives. So do you, any of you have any recommendations for things like that um, uh, that, that you would I have a whole list. A whole list, okay. <laughs> so, obviously, Calm or Headspace are fantastic. Um, I I found an app recently that I started using called Opal, O-P-A-L. I don't know about you guys, but I am constantly on social media. A lot of it's for work, but a lot of it's for nonsense. So, Opal makes it... So, if, if you have an iPhone, obviously, you can put your timers on of what's available. It's very easy to click, you know, ignore for today. 
Opal just adds an additional step of being able to get into those apps because I and I have it set automatically. So I'm only really able to get into my social media between I think it's like 4 p.m. and like 7 p.m. is when I allow myself because like I have a team of you know I've got a whole media team they're handling everything they know the voice to the company I don't if there's an emergency on social media it's Mark Zuckerberg's problem it's not my problem um it's it's always something that can be handled later so opal's fantastic then there's the five minute journal app that i like um and i think it's just called journal in the app store um i think one thing that is difficult to do as a business owner isn't is to always be able to take a step back and realize oh i did a bunch of good things today and like taking stock in the things that you accomplished i am terribly guilty of being like, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. And if you make a list of all the things that you're grateful for each day, personally and professionally, and you actually sit there, take a minute, read through that list. Like I'll literally write out, I am thankful for my legs. I am thankful for my lungs. Like someday that's not going to work. Someday something in your body is going to fail and you are going to die. And in that process, you're going to miss the thing that you took for granted your entire life. So making sure you, you know, doing some journaling, using those apps. Um, and then what else was there's Opal journal. Um, I mean, Grubhub, but that's more of an <laughs> indulgence. Um, Screen time on Grubhub. Oh, 17 hours. That's yeah. <laughs> just Sometimes I just look at the food and then Zillow. <laughs> Zillow is a fun one. <laughs> But no, those those are the four that I, I try to use on a daily basis. So for me, I do most of the kind of mental health management off of my phone, mostly for really the same reasons you're talking about, Dan, just little to no self-control when it comes to just being <laughs> on screen. Uh, so I take that stuff offline. I do a lot of journaling, um, a lot of walking, as much time outside as I can get. Um on the app side, there are two things I track on my phone that um, I just put a lot of time into hijacking my competitive side to try and just like conquer these two areas of my life. And it's sleep and exercise. Um, so I use an app called Auto Sleep to track my sleep. Gives you like a sleep score, shows you how much time you spend in deep sleep. Um, and I've become become incredibly like competitive with my own scores to try and get better and better sleep every night. It just <laughs> works with my brain and like how I think about stuff. Uh, so that's an app I highly recommend, um, especially if I'm an Apple watch, it just makes it really easy. Um, and then on the fitness side, I, uh, so I weigh left about four days a week and get, just try to get as competitive as I can with myself about, you know, the amount of weight I'm lifting, um, making sure that every week, you know, I'm getting a, so I use an app called strong and it tracks, you pre-program your workouts, but then it tracks them. Um, it shows you if you've hit any PRs, it can help estimate what kind of weight you can lift as you're growing in your skill set um, or in your strength. So those are the two apps that I use for some of this habit management and the rest I try and take offline. Yeah, I use uh, Headspace. Uh, Dan mentioned Headspace for helping you learn how to meditate. I suck at it. You know, it is really hard. My brain's always going a million miles an hour and I've got to do this. and I've got to do this. And it really helps coach you how to slow down and, and uh, 
And uh, the other app that I just highly recommend, I keep it simple, Google Calendar. You, you know, uh, I yes. put everything. Yeah. Everything on Google Calendar from my meal prepping time to my meditation time, my yoga time, my running time, my I'm going to check Gmail at this time. You know, every little thing. Uh, my my days are blocked off that way, just on Google Calendar, and I hold myself to it very stringently. Um, and I have time on my Google Calendar that says, "Put the phone down," and I have a spot <laughs> in my house that is dedicated to my phone. And I and my boyfriend and everybody that comes to my house knows that if my phone is in that one location and you hear it ringing, you see it buzzing. Don't even tell me. Don't look at it. It's <laughs> off limits. <laughs> and uh, and and structuring your notifications that you get on your phone is huge too. You know, I used to get yes. notifications like twenty four seven from Gmail, from Time to Pep, from all these different things. Constant buzz, 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 buzz. Go into your settings and and say, you know, you can set the hours that you get notifications from each of these apps, and you can change from the banner notifications to the push notifications. You know go into the settings and figure that stuff out because you shouldn't be getting buzzed constantly. That's going to drive you crazy. So there sorry, these are quick. So uh, I use a whoop strap. Um, so this is like just one of those fitness ones. I love this one because you get a score for the day. And like Michelle was saying, I'm constantly competing with myself. Yesterday I hit a 16.7 and I know I'm not going to hit that today. And I'm so mad at myself. And then um, Asana for task management. Uh, it's a little on the pricier end. We use it for the entire company here. Um, in terms of task management solutions, because like I could, br- I have like my own personal stuff on there. I've got the company stuff. I got my other businesses on there, and I know I could just throw it in there, and then it's not constantly pinging me when it's time to work on that thing. I pull up that you know board of tasks, and then I work on those things, and it makes it easier to kind of get it out of your brain, and it connects with so many different systems. So Asana and Whoop are two other ones. Um, I was just going to highlight something Doug said about the notification setting. Um, It's pretty rare for me to give like black and white. Like, I think you should do it this way. I really believe everybody should have do not disturb put on for their phone for 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. I do not think there's any good that comes from getting notifications that late or that early. Um, Like you deserve time where your brain gets to just not be constantly pulled back in. Well, and I'll pile on that, too, because notifications is a big bugbear for me of going, um, not all notifications are the same, right? Notifications for time to pet, very different than notification from Yelp going, hey, what did you think of the pasta you got last night? I don't need the latter, right? And, and But you can't tell the difference when your phone just goes, ding, you're, it's going to elevate your heart rate, your brain gets sucked out of whatever it was doing, it's going to be focused on over here. Set those priorities, oh, yeah. set those VIP people, set the, the notifications that you actually want. And I challenge you, anytime you download a new app, it's going to pop up and go, let me, let me, basically the alert says, let me disrupt your life. Say no. It's interpret. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. <laughs> Instead of saying, oh, maybe I want notifications from this random app. The answer is no. And they have to earn that from you so that you can earn that back. So always say no. And then you can always go back and change that. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree on the, uh, the notifications. So <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on today, um, sharing your, your, your personal struggles uh, and, and growth in this area of self-care, mental health, and boundaries as well, and the integral connection between all of those, and how at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we're focusing on ourselves first, 
and our businesses flow from us and that we can only do that, have a successful business when we are personally okay. Um, I know this is a big topic. Uh, there's a lot more here. And each one of the things that we've touched on can be an entire you know, session or a big, big, big deep dive into something. So if, if people are listening to this, they want to get connected with, with you all. Uh, how best can they do that and follow along with all of your work? Uh, Michelle, how can they find you? Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so the best place for that would be um, I'm currently building my um, brand focused on helping other pet care companies with the daily dog walking space. Um, so the Dog Co. Launch is the name of that brand, name of that company. Um, so on Instagram, we're at Dog Co. Launch, Facebook at Dog Co. Launch website, dogcolaunch.com, you know, just try and make it as easy as possible for people. So any of those spaces would be great. Um, Or directly on Facebook, just Michelle Klein, K-L-I-N-E, and I would love to connect and hear from anybody that's listening to this. Yeah, so uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Doug the Dog Guy, and I post two videos every week just sharing my experience as a pet sitter, dog walker, and pet business owner. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, you can go to DougTheDogGuy.co to see more about my coaching and consulting services. I work with a lot of uh, pet sitting and dog walking businesses, really uh, uh, focusing on hiring is what I've been focusing on recently. Um, but you can see more information on there. And then I'm DougTheDogGuy official on Instagram, DougTheDogGuy on TikTok, uh, Facebook. I'm all over the place. So uh, if you are interested in anything Dan's Pet Care is doing, we are just at Dan's Pet Care across the board for all socials, except for YouTube, because somehow I locked myself out of our other accounts. So we are Dan's Pet Care official on YouTube. If you want to give us a a subscribe and you want to watch me and my media director eating dog treats. Uh, But if you have any questions or need some advice, I don't do traditional consulting like Doug and Michelle do. I do do some piecemeal work here and there with people. Um, so you can reach me best ways, honestly, Instagram, uh, just at Daniel Reitman, or you can uh, shoot me an email just at Dan at danspetcare.com. I'd love to hear about what you're dealing with. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to chat. Like I was talking to somebody from the UK the other day, uh, who just DM me and I was driving to Brooklyn. I was like, Hey, let's get on the phone. So I'm always happy to, you know, bounce ideas off and, um, I'm always happy to help. Thank you all so much. I will have those links in the show notes, plus all of the apps and resources and other people that have been referenced in this call uh, so that people can click to those and start using them. If you if you all do think of other ones that you want to make sure that are included, just shoot those over an email and I'll make sure those get um, taken care of. Uh, I, I know you all are very busy in your days and I can't thank you enough for taking your time out to come and talk and share about this uh, and, and help help people as well along with this. So thank you all so much for your time and all of the, the wonderful um, advice in the, in the joyful conversation. Thank you, Colin. And thank you, Doug and Michelle. Great connection. Yeah, thank you to all of you. Self-care encompasses a variety of practices and habits that help to maintain and really improve your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. As a business owner, it's crucial to take care of your health because your well-being directly affects your ability to manage, operate, and serve your clients well. Self-care looks at maintaining and improving your physical, your mental, your emotional health. It also is important to direct and understand how you manage your time so that your days don't just slip away from you. 
You also need to be continuing learning and developing and growing yourself as part of this. There's also financial well-being. Obviously, financial stress has a significant impact on your well-being from the ground up. So making sure that you have good financial management practices for both personal and your business, regularly reviewing and doing all of those budgets. And then having self-compassion. Treat yourself with kindness and respect. Celebrate your achievements, however small they may be, and don't be too hard on yourself when things don't go as planned. Remember, self-care is not a luxury but rather a necessity. Taking care of yourself is part of taking care of your business. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. And thank you so much for listening. We couldn't do this without you, and we're so appreciative of your time and all that you pour into this. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. Ha, 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 ha,